Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
Morning. It's good to see you this morning. I'm a little bit hot in these monitors there, John. There you go. Uh, it is good to be back in the house of the Lord with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is good to see you. Just a couple of announcements that we want to make this morning. A lot, a lot of things going on. Another busy Sunday. Uh, first of all, we are excited about being reopened uh, in our worship service. We know there's still folks online that are going to be doing online. Uh, because of concerns that they have about uh, virus itself. And uh, so it's good to be online and in person. And for the month of February, we're going to continue to operate this way. We'll be open on, uh, in our worship service. And we're also opening back up on Wednesday night. And on Wednesday night, we also have our, our children and uh, our youth are going to be meeting as well. Uh, I know our younger, younger Kids' choirs are going to be uh, practicing this week, starting. Uh, they're working on some stuff. And then our older kids are going to be with the youth. They're going to be in the gym uh, and uh, be doing some things with them. And the rest of us uh, that can will be here uh, in our general worship service together. And we'll still be online as well. So if you're at home and online, you can still catch everything. Then our goal and our prayer is that in March we can open back up uh, with the Sunday school as well, and that's our plan. But I'm going to leave that now up to your Sunday school classes and, and to the teachers themselves. Talk to your classes, talk to your uh, teachers, find out how uh, you're feeling about being together. I know maybe some of our older classes may not want to necessarily uh, come back together just yet, but some of our younger ones, particularly, I know our kids and our youth, we want to get them going again, and our young adults. Uh, you might want to meet on a different day. I think Miss Alice's class, y'all really like meeting on Saturdays, so y'all going to stay on Saturdays and, and meet. So uh, we can work that out as well. That's not a problem. So 
think about March, talk to one another, and uh, we'll get everything figured out. And if you might need a different space, we'll try to accommodate as best we can. So just uh, get with me, get with Jasper, and we'll, we'll get that worked out for you. Now today, of course, we do have a, uh, a service for Miss Linda Robbins. Our hearts are broken, of course. Uh, Miss Linda passed away uh, a week or so ago, and uh, the service is today. Our prayers are for Mr. Harold, David, and Dennis and the family. And they're going to be in, I think, directly uh, after the service is over today. And uh, there will be a time and a meal for them that uh, Miss Linda's class is preparing. But they're going to be doing a visitation a little bit different than, than we've done before. And I think even Ronks, uh, Lee had said they haven't done this before. But they're doing a drive-by visitation. So you can come in through the parking lot, drive through under the... Uh, covered uh, and David and Dennis will be there and you could uh, give your uh, uh, condolences and, and, and love to them there then at 2:30 for the family and I think they have some uh, few invited guests they were trying to keep the numbers down because of the worry of COVID they've got some underlying health family issues that they don't want to put some of the family exposure out there but that's going to be at 2:30. Uh, the service itself but be in prayer for them and just keep mr harold in your prayers we love them and we're certainly going to miss miss linda deacons we got a meeting uh, after the worship service and because of all the moving parts today uh, if you guys could just uh, meet in the choir room you should have plenty of room there and also you can uh, have a little bit of bit of, bit of privacy over there uh, to do the things that y'all need to do and then parents we've uh, parents of uh, small kids particularly that's what we're talking about uh, we have a parents night out valentine's day night out uh, uh, for you that's february 13th right and it starts at six goes to nine and uh, we need you to sign up uh, have we got a list or just see megan tell megan or you can post it on facebook uh, i think there's a sign up on facebook tell her and uh, that way she has uh, the number to prepare uh, basically to, to get make sure we got enough pizzas for but that is the 13th on saturday so uh, any other announcements oh i know one other thing if you need a, a contribution statement for taxes uh, there's a few that she had printed out but i think we've given most of those out that that she had a list from last year but there's a there's a notebook that's on the offering table in the old fellowship hall there uh, next to the box just put your name and address and we'll get that to Katie and Katie will mail out uh, to you uh, your statement she'll do that this week for you any other announcements Many ski, forms. ski forms Brian's got those there y'all leaving Friday be in prayer for them I think there's possibility of some snow and ice coming in on Thursday so it's actually gonna be nastier here than it is where they're headed so keep the youth in prayers well, let's have a word of prayer and we'll continue in worship Father, we thank you for this morning, uh, for the time together. We thank you, Lord, that we do get to be back together uh, in your house to meet, to praise, and to pray, uh, and just, Lord, to encourage each other. We just ask you, Lord, for all these things we've got planned, all these things that we're trying to do uh, to help us, guide us, and lead us, and just show us the things that you want us to do that, that bring honor and glory to you. Father, we pray for Mr. Harold today, for David and Dennis and the family. We pray for them. Uh, in their hearts. Our hearts are broken too. Miss Linda uh, was such a, a sweet Christian lady and, and Lord just a, a pillar of our church and, 
And we know that uh, for her, uh, it is certainly a gain. She bids to be in glory with you, Lord, and, and lay down all of her sorrows, all of her heartaches. Uh, but, Lord, we do pray for, for Harold particularly today as they, uh, Lord, just uh, in that way of spiritually giving their loved one to you through the, the service in this time of visitation. Lord, help us just to, to love them and meet their needs. And just watch over us today, Jesus, and all these things that, that we want to do for you. In your mighty name, amen. Why don't you stand with me as we sing.
good to see everybody back here. I know that for the Christian, we long for that day that we will see others who have gone on before us face to face, but more importantly, we'll see our Lord and our Savior face to face. We'll get to see the revelation of Jesus Christ himself.
Father God, we adore you this morning. We long for that day where we will see you coming in the clouds. Uh, Lord, and we'll either, gra- we'll either join you from the grave or we'll join you in person. And we just say uh, we cannot wait for that day. Lord, we know that in the end, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is no other name given under heaven where we can be saved. We thank you that we have been given the privilege to call upon you and to ask you to forgive us of our sins and to be our Lord and our Savior. We love you today. We ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Take your Bible and open to Ezekiel 28. And as you do that, our little guys are making their way to Children's Church. They can just go over there to my right. Megan says she'll see you all next week. She'll keep them. It is good to be back with you this morning, and uh, we've been in our series. If you've been keeping up online, and I I know you have, I I pray that you have, you know that we've been in a series on Satan, that ancient foe, and we've really brought about, uh, I guess it's four messages now, on Satan. We talked about who is he, we talked about uh, how he came into being, and how he was a, an, an angel that God had created for a very specific purpose. He was the highest, most beautiful created angel of the Lord, uh, intended to, to handle the worship of the Lord God. And then we talked about where Satan sinned, where he rebelled, and why he did it. And the Bible tells us primarily it was because of his pride that his heart turned against God and turned towards himself. And then we looked at Satan and how he came into that garden and there tripped up and messed up Adam and Eve and got them to sin and threw all of creation into chaos. And then we looked at Satan going into the world and what he has done in our world by way of his influence and his purpose and his plan. This morning I want to ask this question because I think that it is a very important question to ask and it is this, why does Satan still live? I want to read for you Ezekiel 28 verses 16 and 17. We've read the the fuller passage in our series verses 11 through 19. If you've not read those, uh, go back and reread that. You remember that we said that that is Ezekiel's prophetic vision Uh, our prophetic word that God had given him to the king of Tyre. But as he's talking to this wicked, evil old king, he begins to talk to and speak a word to the the real power behind the throne, and that's to Satan himself. Because uh, there are certain things here that are true of Satan and not necessarily true of the king of Tyre. And uh, theologians tell us that it's kind of a combination of, message. It starts out to the king of Tyre, but then it goes uh, to the real power, to Satan himself. And we learn some things about Satan, uh, and particularly his rebellion against God, and how, how God handled it, and how God dealt with it. And verses 16 and 17 are really the heart of how God handled that rebellion in heaven. So listen to these verses. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sin that is you rebelled and so i cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of god and destroyed you O guardian cherub now that's why we know this isn't the king of tyre he's talking to satan here from the midst of the stones of fire 
Your heart, he says, was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes upon you. April the 16th in 2007, Sung Hu Cho, I think it's how you pronounce his name, a 23-year-old college student at Blacksburg-based Virginia Polytech Institute of uh, State, in, the State University. He was an English major student. He decided early that morning to shoot a female freshman and a male resident uh, assistant in the campus dormitory before fleeing the building. When police soon arrived on the scene, unaware of the gunman's identity, uh, they were pursuing what they thought to be the female victim's boyfriend as a suspect, and they found out that was not to be the case. However, around 9.40 a.m., Cho, armed with a 9mm handgun and a 22 caliber handgun and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, entered a classroom building, chained and locked several of the main doors, and then started going from room to room shooting people. Approximately 10 minutes after the rampage began, he himself died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It left 32 people dead, more than a dozen wounded, and all 27 students and five faculty members died on that day of uh, April 2007 of the 16th. Friday, December the 14th of 2012, a 20-year-old wearing combat gear armed with a semi-automatic pistol and uh, a semi-automatic rifle, killed 26 people, 20 of them children. The attack happened at an elementary school in central Connecticut. Witnesses and officials described the horrific scene uh, of this gunman as one of brutal efficiency. He chose his victims in two classrooms while other students dove under the desk and hid in the closets. Hundreds of terrified parents arrived at the, uh, the school sobbing for their children as children were being let out uh, as safely as they could. We all know the name of the school now, Sandy Hook Elementary School. All in all, uh, there were uh, 26 people killed. It was the second highest uh, mass murder in America, only behind what had happened in 2007 of Virginia Tech Institute. I read those stories to you, remind you of those events, because there is a truth, and it's, it's a truth that cannot be argued, and that is this, evil walks this earth. And it brings us to the question, why does God still allow evil to exist and in particularly why does God allow Satan to still live if he is the prince of darkness if he is really the one behind the real evil of this world why has God not done something about it I want you to listen to another quote here or uh, uh, a section here from Christopher Wright he, uh, he writes a book it's called the God I don't understand and he's talking about Satan our uh, ancient foe listen to what he what he says about Satan, and I agree with what he says. In Satan, there is no residual loving relationship. 
no appreciation of goodness or beauty, no mercy, no honor, no better side, no redeeming features. And most of all, whereas no human person, however evil or degrading, is ever beyond our loving compassion and our prayers that they might repent and be saved, he says there is no hint whatsoever in the Bible that Satan is a person to be loved, pitied, prayed for, or will ever be redeemed. On the contrary, Satan is portrayed as totally malevolent, relentless, hostile to all of God and to all that God does, that he's a liar and a murderer through and through. He is uh, completely violent, mercilessly cruel, perpetually deceptive, distorting, destructive, deadly, and ultimately doomed. If what Christopher Wright says about Satan is true, and I believe it is, that's, that's who we're dealing with. That's who he is today. That's the person of Satan. Then why does God still let Satan live? Why doesn't he just, you know, knock him off, so to speak? Why does he just not just, you know, click his fingers and he's gone? Well, I believe that there's a reason. I believe that there's a plan. And this one I want us to think about that. I want to give you three reasons why I think that Satan still is alive. Now, I told you on Wednesday night I made it take some water. Ever since COVID, I talk five minutes and my mouth turns into the Sahara Desert. It's a lasting thing. Oh, my goodness. But I want you to know this morning, as we talk about Satan and why he's still alive today, that what I'm going to give you are what I think are biblical insights, okay? They cannot necessarily be proven as uh, I call hard and, and black and white fact, okay? It's what I believe are reasons, and I'm going to give you the three major reasons that I think God still allows Satan to live. And so I want you to understand that, but I want you to see that in these three reasons that God is still very much at work and has a purpose even in Satan's existence. So let me give them to you this morning. Number one, that we might learn to take God at his word. Now listen to Matthew chapter 4 verses 3 and 4. This is a, the part of uh, the, the temptation of Christ. You remember Christ went out into the desert and Satan tempted him with three different temptations. And the first one, of course, was to turn the stone into bread that he might meet his, his uh, human desire that he would step out of his humanity and back fully into his deity. And Jesus said to Satan in that first temptation, he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to say to you this morning, by allowing Satan and evil to continue to exist, our Heavenly Father is not merely trying to prove something to mankind, to mankind, but actually to all beings in general. That means the heavenly beings. That means any other created beings that there might be. All beings alive, created of God, God is trying to teach them something. And uh, since people and even angels will not necessarily take God at his word and will from time to time choose to live another way, an inferior way, God has allowed humans and other beings to live and experience the consequences of these options. 
However, in the end, we will know from experience that God's way of thinking and God's way of doing is best. Experience will be the great teacher of this. For example, today Satan says sex outside of marriage is fine. The Bible says that is not so. God says that is not true. Today, uh, people will say abortion is acceptable. God says it is murder. God says it is sinful. God said it is wrong. Uh, the list goes on. You could just talk about almost uh, 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 any of the cultural things going on today. The sexual perversion that is out there today. Uh, the, the, the idea uh, that uh, uh, two men or two women could uh, live under the blessing of God in some kind of uh, union together, not of God. God says that is sin. But yet the world today still wants to argue with that. The world today still wants to redefine what is moral, what is right, and what is acceptable. One of the reasons that Satan still lives, and one of the reasons that God has still allowed those fallen angels we call demons today to still exist, and one of the reasons that evil is still around is God is teaching us that when he tells us something, it really is the best. It is really the only way. One day, dear friend, when, when we come through that full revelation, we come to that full experience of having lived either faithful or unfaithfully towards God, we will know and trust God's word. So I would say to you that one reason is that we might learn to take God at his word. And when God tells us something, not to fight him, not to argue, not to debate him, and certainly not to rebel against his word. Now let me give you a second reason that I believe that Satan still exists and is still alive today. And it is this, that we might live to treasure God's work. As I was studying for the message this week, I actually got a little bit surprised. I got to thinking about this particular truth that God wants to show us his work. God wants to show us his purpose uh, for this world, for our lives. That, that, that there is a, a greater reason uh, behind who we are, when we were born, why we exist. And I thought I had it kind of figured out, but then as I studied it, I actually changed my mind and said, you know, there's a greater purpose than what I had originally thought the purpose of God was. And this might be surprising for you today. So let me give you some verses that I think kind of lead us in the thought that I want to give you. Genesis 1 verse 26. We know that chapter. It's the creation chapter. And in verse 26, we're told that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth now i want you to underscore this phrase in that 26th verse let us speaking of the trinity god the father god the son god the holy spirit let us make man in our image Romans 8, 29. For those he, speaking of God, speaking of Christ, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Now, a lot of times we get lost in that 29th verse in this foreknowledge debate, in this predestined debate. I don't want to get there to this morning. But what I want you to see is in Romans 8, 29, that we are again reminded by the writer, by the Holy Spirit, that we are, we are destined to be. God has purposed us to be in his likeness, in his image. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8, listen to what Paul says. And we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Corinthians talks about that process of living and dying and being resurrected. In 2 Corinthians 3.8, he is talking about what God is doing in our living, dying, and resurrection. That we would be transformed into the image of God. So I want to say to you this morning, and this is what changed for me this week. If you were to ask me last week what is the purpose, the main purpose of God and His work in creation, His work in our lives, I would have told you, well, it is to redeem a lost world, to, 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 to bring a people unto Himself that He can love and that He can uh, care for and provide for. And that's true, but there's a major purpose even above that. And it is this. God's major work isn't just to preach the gospel. And that's not to say it's not an important thing. It's not to say it's not to be a priority of the church. Preaching the gospel is the church's responsibility and Christians' responsibility. But God's major work is something far more glorious. His major work, now listen, is this. God is reproducing himself in us. God is reproducing himself in us. What Satan messed up way back over there in creation, God is going to fix. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. They bore his likeness. They were in his image. They were like God. Now, I don't understand what that means. I don't understand in my finite human mind what that means. But God tells us that they, they were created in his image, in his likeness. And God tells us that you and I one day will stand in the image of holy God. One day, dear friend, I, and I believe this will be true, we will see God the Father in heaven. And perhaps in that moment we will be standing next to God the Holy Son in heaven. And maybe on the other side in the Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. And when God looks at you, his beloved child who's been redeemed by way of the blood through the cross of his son, who you've put your faith in, there in that eternal day, standing next to the Father, surrounded by the Spirit, before the Father, God the Father will look at you and will see absolutely no difference from his son. As pure as Jesus is pure, as righteous as Jesus is righteous, as holy as Jesus is holy, God says, my great purpose for you is to be the same. 
Now, that blows my mind. Because if you ask me how much, am, how much am I like Jesus, I would tell you if I'm one half of 1% like Jesus, I would be happy. I, I feel so unlike my Lord. I, I feel so uh, uh, unworthy to, uh, uh, to, to, to be in his presence, let alone to be compared to him. But you and I, dear friend, are going to be so recreated in a glorious way that we will be just like God himself in that beautiful, perfect, and holy way. God wants for you and I to treasure his work. And you know, sometimes it takes going through the valleys, going through the struggles to appreciate what you really have. I read an interesting article this week. I shared it to Will and Pam and Brian and a few others. Uh, of course, we know the big game is tonight. And I'm going to tell you, you know, my team ain't in it. So I'm going to root for the old guy because I can identify being the old guy. I like the young guy too, but I'm going to root for the old guy. But the old guy, Tom Brady, I was reading an article about him this week. When he was at Michigan as an early Michigan player, uh, you know, he went on uh, a kind of a partial scholarship uh, as most kids go to college do, you know. He probably had all of his tuition paid and those kinds of things, but he still had to have money for school. His folks weren't rich at that point. They weren't, you know, well-to-do folks. And uh, so Tom, like a, a lot of athletes, had to take a job on the side, and he took a job working with a uh, construction company. And listen, he scrubbed bathrooms. Uh, he, he did drywall. He did roofing stuff. Every nasty job. That came along, Tom and another fellow that played uh, at Michigan did, one of his buddies, did because they weren't skilled in any other real labor. They just, they did all the dirty work. Anyway, the, the article went on to talk uh, uh, from the owner and the owner's son's perspective. And they said, I'm going to tell you something. This was the best worker we've ever had. You would think, you know, a future perhaps quarterback for Michigan would think he's too good for this. But listen, he worked long, he worked hard, and, and he worked better than any other workers that we typically had. We were always just amazed at what a great worker he, he was. And of course, the owner went on to say, he said, I feel a little bit bad now that I gave him all these dirty jobs when I think about who he is. They call him the GOAT, the greatest that ever played. You know, he's six Super Bowls, going for a seventh tonight, and he's played in 10, this will be his 11th. I mean, that's, that's Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, uh, select goat numbers. Let me ask you something. Do you think Tom Brady truly appreciates what God has done and blessed him in his life? I guarantee he does because he's done the dirty work. He's gone through the times where he was down on his knees scrubbing toilets for, for a little extra cash in college. I'm going to tell you something, dear friend. You and I will treasure the work of God because we've been here on earth and we've, we've done the toil, we've done the labor, we've done the hard and dirty things. And one day when we're in glory, we're not going to be puffed up and proud because we're going to know by which our life has been paid for and the pain and the struggle that's, that, that it's taken for God to do this amazing work. And we're going to know what God did through his own son. So God wants us to take him at his word. God wants us to treasure his great work. And there's a third reason that Satan still lives, that we might lay off the testing of God's wrath 
We read verses 16 and 17. I'll just refer to them. But God judged Satan on that day of rebellion. You know, he says two things. He said, number one, he cast him out of heaven. And then number two, we're told that he cast him to the ground. He cast him here upon earth to be the prince of this world. Satan was cast out of the presence of God. Satan was conquered by the power of God. And Satan one day will be condemned by the punishment of God. Listen to Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10. And when a thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are uh, at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sands of the sea. And they marched up uh, 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 over the, the board plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and, beloved, and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. This is that last great battle that we talk about, the, the battle of Armageddon. But then listen. And the devil, Satan, our old ancient foe, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and suffer, where the beast and the false prophet already are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and forever and forever. Why does Satan still exist? To teach us that we want to lay off testing God's wrath. In other words, we don't want to put God to the test. You know, I learned early on as a kid that, that if, I, if I disobeyed my dad, it wasn't going to be pleasant when I got caught. You know, my daddy knew what a belt was, and I did too. Uh, and I can tell you, there, there were times in my life where I was tempted, and I knew better. And one of the things that, that kept me from doing what I knew I shouldn't do as a kid was that if I got caught, if I got busted doing it, that I was going to get busted by daddy. I give an example of not having learned that lesson. I guess I was, oh, about 13, 14 years of age. And my dad had started teaching me to drive a little. We could, he would let me drive with him around the subdivision or what we'd go do, haul off the garbage, which was, was a few miles down the road. It was just kind of a country road. And, and under his supervision, I could drive. That was the only time I could drive. However... I was about 14 probably about this time. Uh, it had snowed. Mama needed to get to work, so Daddy drove Mama to work, and then Daddy went on to work, and me and my sister stayed home because there was no school. And I got to looking. It sure did look good out there in that snow, and there was a car under the carport, and there was my Mama's keys. And I thought, you know, I could back out and just feel what it's like to be a, in a car on the snow. And not listening to that little old voice inside, I did just exactly that. I backed it out in the driveway, no further, didn't go in the road, and I let the tires spin a little bit. It was cool. I gently eased the car back into the, in, into the garage. I took the broom, swept the tracks away. I thought I was home free. Daddy walked in, set his keys down, Come in with mom. Said they'll have dinner ready before long. And then after a little bit, daddy looked at me and said, son, 
Did you back that car out today? What do you mean, Daddy? What do you mean, Daddy? He said, I want you to think about it. And you, you're going to tell me a story, you're going to tell me the truth. Because I know. I did, Daddy. I did. He said, you know, you're going to give you, I'm going to have to give you a whooping because you, you, you did what I told you not to do. And he said, do you know how I knew you did it? And I was like, I don't know. Did my sister tell on me? No. He said, you forgot to get the snow out of the tires. <laughs> I had to face the wrath of Daddy. It was a loving wrath. He didn't whip me too hard that day. He could understand as a young boy what, what I wanted to do and why. But what I did was wrong. God wants you and I to understand we don't need to test him. When we sin against him, listen, yes, he's a loving God, but he's a holy God. And he judges us. One day we're going to learn that lesson. You know the hardest thing to do as a parent? You know the hardest thing to do as a parent? To let your kids mess up. To let your kids rebel so they can learn their lesson. You know, the easiest thing that God could have done would have been just to say, all right, Satan, I'm going to get rid of you. But had he done that, we would never learn the things that God wanted us to learn so that we would be ready to live with him in eternity. Isaiah says there's going to be a day where we stand around in heaven and we look down there at hell and we stroke our chin and we say, is this the idiot that made the world to shake and tremble in fear? Is this the, the stupid one that rebelled against God and caused the angels to fail? You say, those are harsh words. That's the attitude of the verse. We're going to look down upon Satan and we're going to say, what an absolute fool he was to rebel against God. Do you want to know one of the top Five questions I'm asked as a pastor by believers. Brother Chris, I'm worried that I might get to heaven and I will blow it. I will mess up. Listen, not only are you going to be so recreated in the image of Christ that you're going to be righteous and holy, but secondly, God is so going to recreate you and I in, his, in, in real wisdom that we're going to understand it's just really silly to go against God. It's just foolish. And forever and forever and forever, there's going to be a testimony to it. And all we have to do is look to Satan. Just like a kid. And all they have to do is think back about how their back end felt when Daddy put the belt to it. Don't do that no more. The next time it snowed, I didn't back that car out. I did what daddy said do. Heavenly Father, this morning we sit here and maybe we've wrestled, we've struggled, we've, we, we've given in to Satan at times in our life and we've asked that question, Lord, why does he even exist? I, it's, such, it's such a struggle to live right and holy with you. And there's such evil in our world, world and such hurt in our world and, and it doesn't make sense and our hearts are broken. But, Lord, we see there really is a greater purpose at play. 
there's a greater glory coming to us. Lord, perhaps there's someone today that listening or someone here today, Lord, that says, you know, I know that you, Jesus, want to be my Lord and Savior. And today I need to ask you to be my Lord and Savior because, Lord, I need to be that recreated work that comes only by way of the blood of the cross. Lord, maybe there's a Christian that says, today, Lord, I need to recommit my life to you and just take the stand that I, I, I need to take and live sold out for you, Jesus. Whatever decision in your will this morning, we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing. The Lord spoke and you come. We pray God's blessings you upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.